But the Lord did not abandon his people. The Lord's messengers declared the Lord would bring his people back, and after two generations in exile, that's exactly what happened. And when the people of Judah returned to Jerusalem and rebuilt the city and the temple, the Lord sent yet more prophets. And the overarching story, the core of their message was one of God's judgment, God's forgiveness, His grace, and His restoration. The prophets were sent by the Lord to remind His people of the covenant relationship. Like a mediator to a couple with a strained marriage, each prophet called the people back to their commitment to the Lord so that they would live long in the land and live under the Lord's protection and blessing. And so faithfulness and worship, justice and compassion were common themes in the messages. Often the prophetic message of judgment was full of graphic metaphor and directed towards the civic, commercial, and religious leaders because of their corrupt ways and oppression of the poor. As we heard read today, Micah's oracles were direct and also contained poetic language that is not literal but metaphorical. Listen, you leaders of Israel, you are supposed to know right from wrong, but you are the very ones who hate good and love evil. You skin my people alive and tear the flesh from their bones. We may think it's pretty stark language, but we use attention-grabbing metaphor like this all the time. In the first verse of Bruce Springsteen's song, Born to Run, he laments, Oh baby, this town rips the bones from your back. It's a death trap. It's a suicide rap. You've got to get out while you're young. Because tramps like us, baby, we were born to run. I'm not going to sing it for you. Michael warns the national leaders of the consequences of their actions. He says, because of you, Mount Zion will be plowed like an open field. Jerusalem will be reduced to ruins. A thicket will grow on the heights where the temple now stands. That's exactly what happened. And yet all is not lost. The Lord's final word, what we'll see as we read the prophets again and again and again, the Lord's final word is one of hope with a promise of restoration and Israel ultimately fulfilling its purpose to be a light on a hill, illuminating the world, bringing peace and prosperity. Micah says, people from many nations will come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord to the house of Jacob's God. There he will teach us his ways and we will walk in his paths. That message of hope was primarily for the people of God living around him at that time. Restoration did happen, but it was incomplete and temporary. We have the privilege of reading these words through the lens of the New Testament. We have the gift of hindsight we know the full restoration is only happening, has happened, and is happening through Jesus Christ. And that the covenant people of God today are those from every nation, Jews and Gentiles, who are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, scattered throughout all nations. And so in Matthew's gospel, 
we read of how Micah's prophecy continued to be fulfilled as Jesus went up on a mountain, sat down, and taught the many disciples gathered round him, saying that God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice. God blesses those who are merciful and pure in heart. God blesses those who work for peace and are even willing to be persecuted for doing right. And he taught them to pray that God's good judgment would come quickly. We may not be aware of that in a prayer that we've prayed probably thousands of times. The first thing Jesus taught us to pray to our Father is that His judgment would come quickly. Our Father in heaven, may Your name be kept holy. May Your kingdom come soon. May Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Why do we pray for judgment to come? Because judgment is God putting things right. God brings an end to suffering when judgment happens. God's intention is that nation will no longer fight against nation, nor train for war anymore, that everyone can live in peace and prosperity. That day will finally come when Jesus comes again to judge the living and the dead, as the Apostles' Creed says. And thus there's a new heaven and earth, a new day, a kingdom that holds no fear for us. Because as citizens of that kingdom already, our judge came also to be our Savior. As John said in his gospel, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his Son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Jesus Christ bore the weight of our judgment. He suffered in our place. We are forgiven and given the gift of new life because Christ has died, Christ is risen, and Christ will come again. Until that day, we have the privilege by the power of the Spirit living within us to follow in the footsteps of Jesus Christ and those of the ancient prophets. The Spirit will stir us up to become increasingly concerned about human corruption and selfishness and all the suffering that evil brings, such as food and fuel poverty, drug and alcohol addiction, sex trafficking, domestic abuse, theft, hopelessness, loneliness, dishonesty, racism, sectarianism, and homelessness, all things that happen within the city of Bangor. We are here to bring new life to this new city, addressing the suffering caused by human corruption and selfishness, and also addressing corruption itself. So often as church, we are content 
to do something about the symptoms of corruption. So often, we're afraid to speak out against the corruption itself. But we are called to speak with urgency the loving words of God where we see that something is wrong. And the place where that begins is within our own family. There is massive pressure on the family unit today not to tell our children to beware. There is a state that wants to raise our children that would have us say, let them make their own choices and their own mistakes and go their own way. We have a world that teaches tolerance. Tolerance which says, you get on with your own life. I don't care how you live it, as long as you don't bother me. Tolerance is not of God. Christ calls us to say, I care for you. How you live your life and your eternal destiny matters to me. It matters to me so much that I am going to take the risk to speak out when I think that something is seriously wrong. It's to speak out among our friends, in our workplace, neighborhood, nation, and world. How people respond to God's message is their decision. The Lord lovingly gives us all free will and yet he issues warning when we are heading for disaster. It is our calling and privilege to transform our world, inspired by the Spirit of Christ. We heard this morning how Micah described his prophetic role. But as for me, he said, I am filled with power, with the Spirit of the Lord. I am filled with justice and strength to boldly declare Israel's sin and rebellion. And for those Star Trek fans among us, be encouraged. There's that infinitive split. We are to boldly declare Israel's sin and rebellion. The Lord continues to communicate His message His way. In modern times, well-known prophetic voices such as William Wilberforce or Mary Whitehouse may come to mind. But every one of us is called to speak and act prophetically with integrity, humility, and authority. And if you ever doubt your ability to transform your world, then read the news article of how a few days ago, a few hundred meters from here, a band of peaceful protesters influenced our council to shelve a proposed seven million pound project to develop the coastal path. speaking prophetically about what is wrong in people's lives and that of society at large tends to make the hearers feel very uncomfortable. As we heard last Sunday morning, it was our privilege to hear from Fakuri and have Shalom and Chris with us from Open Doors. What they were telling us was loud and clear. Clear. 
if you speak up, you will face challenge. Jesus warned us ahead of time, and he gave us this assurance. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all kinds of evil against you because you are my followers. Be happy about it, said Jesus. Be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, in the same way, they persecuted the ancient prophets who were before you. There's been a sticky note up in our home for years, stuck to the side of one of the sets of drawers. Some words from a guy called John Mason in his book, The Impossible is Possible. John writes this, if you move with God, you'll be critiqued. The only way to avoid criticism is to do nothing and be nothing. Together, as the people of God, let's seek to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And one sure sign that the Spirit is moving in your heart and soul is that you will feel hungry to become informed, better informed about something that causes suffering in people's lives. There's a long list to choose from. He will place something on your heart, perhaps a number of things. Perhaps children who are living in foster care. Perhaps women who are being abused at home. Perhaps children who at a very young age think there's nothing really to live for. Whatever it happens to be, whether it's local or national, when the Spirit moves, we will want to become better informed. I love it when within one of our immersed groups, someone speaks out and says, we've got to do something about this. As church, we've got to do something. I love hearing those words. It's a sign that the Spirit is at work. And then our call is to be active and brave as we speak up about the attitudes, the structures, and the policies which lead to suffering, as in Christ we fulfill our calling to be the light of the world. And what does it sound like when the church is a church and speaks out prophetically? It's like those children shouting for joy in the back room. The Bible says the world is just waiting to break out for the sons and daughters of God to be revealed. This is what we're called to, church, as the family of God. So if the Lord's been speaking into your heart 
over years or decades or months or weeks or minutes and putting a proverbial stone in your shoe about something in society that really bothers you, then let it bother you. Let it percolate in your soul. Pray the Lord's Prayer over it. Get informed, be brave, and start to say to the people around you, particularly those of this church family, you know what? We've got to do something about this. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would bring it on through Jesus Christ, your kingdom. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, bring on your good kingdom. Lord, thank you that you came because you hate suffering. You love us so deeply that you will come to be the judge of all, that you will put everything right, that weapons of war, that the tanks and missiles will be beaten into plowshares and farm implements because we will not have any use anymore for them. Lord, bring on that day. Bring on your kingdom. And may we usher it in. Lord, it holds no fear for us because ahead of time, Miraculously, wonderfully, Christ came not only as the one who will be our judge, but the one who came as our Savior. The one who is not only the judge, but as the one who is ultimately judged. But Lord, give us a holy urgency for a world that is heading towards difficulty and destruction. And Lord, give us an urgency, particularly for our family and our friends and our neighbors and work colleagues. Give us a holy urgency filled with compassion that we will not stand idly by and watch suffering happen and not speak out against the consequences, whatever the ramifications may be. Lord, we do pray, deliver us from evil. But we do pray, may your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And all this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand.